next that we're going to study this book called Goliath Must Fall. And it's the premise is battling the giants in your life. Even though you might be a Christian already, um, sometimes we just have things that hang on, like fear and worry and anxiety. So those are the kind of things we're going to talk about Wednesday night at Pauline's at 630. Hi, um, my group will be Monday nights at 6 o'clock here at the church, starting the last um, Monday in September. If anyone has a calendar, that's the last day, we'll, or that's the first day we'll start. We're doing um, Defiant Joy, and it kind of goes right along with sermon, what to do and where you at, um, Defiant Joy uh, speaks for itself. Monday, 6 o'clock here, last Monday in September, ladies. 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 Good morning, I'm Bob, Whoa. and I'm here. So this, uh, what we do is on uh, Sunday mornings, sometimes you see us if you're walking in early and in that little middle room, which I don't know what we call anymore, still call it the cafe or cafe, the old whatever. Cafe. Yeah. We're so gonna, about 845-ish. We get in there, and then Jim and, and Rick like to get in and then get up and get the first donuts because they're always worried that someone else is going to take their donuts. But we're studying a thing called The Story. It's a book. I have the books. If you decide to join with us, uh, I'll give you one of the books. It's basically a 50,000-foot view of the Bible going from beginning to end. We have done the first 16 chapters. I believe there are 17 more left. Is that right? Maybe 16 or 17 more. So we'll start on the 17th of September, and then we'll go through close up to around Christmas time. If anybody wants to come, it's a great time. There's a lot of really cool insights uh, from the, the book itself. Max Lucato and some other folks put it together, but also from the folks in the class. We get a really neat discussion going. We do f have some bunny trails and some tangents, but they're a lot of fun, and they, we always the, the task is to bring them back around to what we're talking about. So if you want to do that, it's 845 to around 945-ish on Sunday mornings right in there. Thank you, Bob. My name is Wade, and uh, my life group is Sunday nights at 6 o'clock, open to anybody. So if you want to come and hang out, it's a great time. We're gonna we usually have a lot of really good food. We take turns bringing some food. We have a sweet and a savory, so nobody has to eat dinner or you know, make dinner on Sunday night, you know, so it's kind of nice. So I think we're going to do The Chosen again this fall, which is an awesome drama and very, really thought-provoking. So... Um, we had some really good discussions after watching The Chosen. So uh, I think we're going to start on the first Sunday in October. So first Sunday in October, 6 o'clock at my house. Thank you. Hi, um, I'm Brad Worthen, I'm Whitney's husband. Uh, we've been doing a group. We did it last spring, and we're going to continue that group. It is on a, a Luis Giglio. Uh, there's a book series called don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And I think it's off one of the Psalms, maybe Psalm 23. I, I can't remember exactly, but the, the Lord has prepared a presence, a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And so it's a frame or a mindset based on that uh, passage of how to live your life. So um, primarily the group that goes are, are 20s, 30s. I'm the oldest, I'm 42, but uh, anyone can come. Uh, it will meet here on Wednesday nights or at our house at 7.30. Um, TBD on the start date, but we're thinking early September. Thank you. LOL. TBD. Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm Brenda's husband. Good to see you. I just wanted to get in the spirit. 
So um, I've got two groups this year. I usually don't do two groups, but I'm doing it today, uh, this year, uh, for this fall anyway. We're going to uh, start one on Sunday night, and it's for uh, couples, but primarily I'm looking for some couples. Uh, we're going to have a bonfire on September the 10th, and so if you can come, uh, we're going to start there, and then we're going to kind of route what we're going to do, and how, the people that show up will kind of dictate what we're going to study about. So I don't have it together yet, but uh, I really want to do uh, something for uh, anybody that would like to get together with their, with their spouse and is able to do that on Sunday nights. We'll tell you about location and all that stuff as, as we see who comes to it. Um, that'll start September the 10th. I also have another group uh, that, that I really uh, love. It's a 55-plus age group. And uh, we uh, last year, we would have anywhere from 10 to 17 people. Uh, every Thursday night, we meet. And we are also doing The Chosen. We did season one. This year, we'll be doing season two. And so it's very, very cool. If you haven't watched it on TV, even if you have watched it on TV, you ought to come because there's an accompanying Bible study that really helps you dig deep into it. And so uh, I would encourage you, if you're 55 plus, to come to that. That's probably going to start the last, not this next Thursday, but next Thursday. I'll be sending texts out, and you'll get all the information about that. Either way, I'm going to invite some of you uh, for both of them. So if you get an annoying text from me and you say, I don't want another annoying text from Jeff, just disregard it. But I'm going to invite some of you to come to both groups. So there we go. Uh, that's done. I'm now Jeff's uh, wife. No, I'm Jeff's husband, and I'm leaving the state. <laughs> Forgot who I was. The kids can go. Kids, go ahead and go if they haven't gone. Most of them went, but there goes some. All right. Look at those kids go. Isn't that funny? I don't even... Okay. If you're visiting with us today, and, or what we'd like you to do is fill out one of these blue Connect cards. They're all over that table there, also out in all the tables. And if you're just here for the first time, just let us know you're here and put your uh, phone number on there and we'll text you and say, we're sure glad you were here and just uh, know that you were here. It'll be very uh, good for us to know that you were here, and uh, we hope you come back and pray you come back. Uh, also, if you have a prayer request, put your name on there and your thing and your concern. Stick it in that little glass box right there behind that blonde sitting in the very last row. I think if she would put her head back like this, she would hit it, and so it's back there. Also, if you would like to be on our text, uh, it tells about what's going on at church. You can also put that in there, and that will take care of it. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, it is good to be with our family here again this morning, and uh, I just pray that these next few minutes that you would uh, use me, lisp and all, uh, to just um, point our folks here to what you want to say this morning. Um, let our ears hear what you want us to hear. I pray that the devil has no influence over anything that goes on these next few minutes. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in a series called, um, I think I titled it, Let's Talk About Worship. And each week we're talking about some different aspect of worship, and none of them so far have been about music. None of them have been about music. And we're probably not going to do that until maybe 1st of September. What we've talked about so far is, is a guy named Jehoshaphat. We split his story up into two different weeks. And we talked uh, about his, um, his desire for us to see 
how we worship instead of our worry. We, we can do one of those two things. We're going to worship or we're going to choose uh, to worry. Choose one. Then we went last week, we went to Job. And Job was a fellow that was plagued with a lot. He was plagued with so much. God came to him and basically said, the devil came to him and said, I think Job, uh, in essence, has is, is got a cushy life. And so let's, uh, let me tempt him, and I bet he'll curse you and die. <laughs> he took almost everything away except the nagging wife. Everything. Everything but the nagging wife. And he still didn't. The Bible says he walked with God. He did no, no uh, harm in the sight of God. What a cool thing. And today, we're gonna, I was hoping to go for another J, but the J I couldn't get to work. I just, it was another guy. I may bring it back, but I, I'm not going to tell you, but I'm going to A today. A, Abraham. We're going to talk about Abraham. And what I've done today is take Abraham and we've split it up into two weeks. Today, I'm just going to send you home with a really small package of one thing I want you to do. Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to do the rest of the stuff that Abraham told us and showed us to do, how to worship when it doesn't make sense. And that's one of the hardest things to do, is to worship when it doesn't make sense, to worship when you don't feel like it, to worship when you're not feeling it, to worship when things around you are just all over the board. God desires us to worship him no matter what's going on in our life. And I believe, I believe you're going to learn some really good things from Abraham today as we go through this. So today I want to, each week I try to give you a definition of what worship is, and I look for some different things in a, in a particular study. And the study we're looking at today is found in Genesis 22, where we see uh, the story of Abraham. And so my definition of worship today is this. It comes right from God's Word. Romans 12.1 points all the way back to Genesis 22 when it says this. I think it'll come up on here. Therefore, therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Most of you have heard that and heard it and heard it. And it doesn't mean anything to you. Doesn't mean much. In essence, what he's saying, that, that, that you need to take your body <laughs> and you lay it out and you say, this is yours, God. This, this body is yours. I, I, we, we talk about it all the time. This is the temple. This is where God lives. This is, this is the holy place. This is, this is where God does his business, you know, on and on and on. And, and we hear that and we go, yeah, okay. But it doesn't really register very much. I want you to see this morning, and, and, and I want to point you towards this. Our lives uh, are a spiritual act of worship. Everything you do is an act of worship. According to that Bible verse, it, it's, it, what it's saying is how I live my life, how I, how I go about my business. Remember what we say, it's nobody's business? It is somebody's business, how you live your life if you're a Jesus person. <laughs> so get that out of your mouth. Get that out of your mouth. That's not there. It is somebody else's business. It's very important. Worship isn't limited to what happens before I get up here. 
I love our worship teams. I've loved this summer. It's been really, really good to watch some people get rest, to see some other people step up. It's been incredible. We've had a really, really good summer. Very proud of our people. I continue to be proud. But it's not about what happens here. Worship is not about what happens up here. Has this ever happened to you? You go to church, and you sit in, you take in everything, then you leave, and somebody asks you this question just flippantly, how was church? How was church? Your answer, it was good. It was bad. It didn't hit me. You know, there's all kinds of answers we give, but your answer is depending on what happens here, and it shouldn't. If your answer is dependent on how good the singers are, on how many times the sound people mess up, on how many times we don't catch ourselves or, or there's somebody there that we don't like or, or the, the, the preacher is lisping like, all get out. It doesn't matter. That's not why we're here. You go to a movie and you do this. <laughs> when you go to the movie and somebody says, how was the movie? Oh, it's a great movie. Or it didn't, it really didn't do very good. Didn't do good. But you don't go to Kelsey, you don't go to Wade, you don't go to one of the other worship leaders after it, it, the, the worship set doesn't move you and go, you know, that was about a five out of ten. <laughs> you don't do that. But we kind of do in our head. And you don't come up to me and after I have a stinker of a sermon and go, Jeff, I'd like my tithe back. That wasn't much of a, that wasn't much of a sermon today. <laughs> But that's kind of what we do. It's good. It's all right. I didn't get much out of it. That's, that's most of the responses. Here's the question I want you to, to, if you want to write something down, you can write this down. This is a good one to write down. Here we go. Read my lips because that's all you're going to see. How was I? Everybody say that with me. How was I? You don't say, how was church? You don't say anything else, but how was my worship? Do you see how different that makes this experience? How was I? You put the onus on where it's supposed to be. On you, not on the dumb preacher, not on the, not on the worship team, the style that they do and the incredible smoke and the fog and the lights and all. You don't put it on that. You put it on you. You put it on you. So the next time you come to church and it, it isn't hitting you, let me, let me tell you this. It isn't their fault. It's you. It's you. I want to be as, as kind and as loving as I can be here this morning. Regardless of the message or the music or the people that are in this place that you don't get along with or they were terse to you or they didn't say what you thought they were going to say, it is not about you. It's not about you. It's about I. How was I? Please get this. Because you won't move with me next week. When I, when I come in here next week, you're going to go, here I am again. There's a song, here I am to worship. Here I am to watch my phone. Here I am to do the things I'm doing. You know, I see your phones. I see your screen. You're not looking at the verses. Don't tell me that.
It's what takes place in your heart, church. Worship is what takes place in you. So today we're going to talk about Abraham. We're going to talk about Abraham. And I'm only going to tell you part of the story, so you've got to come back next week. And this week, I'm just going to give you a little crumb, just a little crumb. Here we go. Let's start out with it. Three words to ponder. Oh, we already did that. Here we go. Genesis 22. You did good. That was good, Manny. <laughs> I, I just was reading what you had up there. Sorry, I don't have any teeth today. Genesis 22, 3, 2 says this. Then God said, he's talking to Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, took with him his two servants and his son Isaac, and when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him. Ooh, go to the next one. He saddled the donkey. He took two of the servants with him, along with his son Isaac. He chopped wood to build a fire for a burned offering and set out for the place God told him to go. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. He said, stay here with the donkey. Abraham told the young man, the boy and I will travel a little further. I think we got those topsy-turvy, but that's okay. And I think it goes on. Does that, do you have the next one that says Isaac? Yep. Isaac said, Father, Dad, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the wood, we have the fire, said the boy, but where's the lamb for the sacrifice? Abraham, God will provide a lamb, my son. Abraham answered, and they both went together. When they arrived at a place God told Abraham to go, he built an altar, and he placed the wood on it. Okay, so much to unpack here. You know the story. Hopefully you've heard the story. Um, and let me pack it just a little bit so that we can kind of dig into it a little bit, even though I might have I got it turned around. The first time I read this event, I think I was 17, and I really read it with the eyes of a teenager. And my, my pastor at the time was a guy I really liked, and uh, we didn't have a youth pastor because we were in a small church, and, and I really liked him, and I heard him, and he, he told this story. And I think I'd heard it in Sunday school probably a billion times, and it just kind of went right over my head. But when I read this story for myself in the Bible, I thought to myself, and you know what went through my head, was that God is cruel. <laughs> that God is mean. That God is going to take away something that's so precious. Why in the world, in the heck, in the name of, of Jehoshaphat, would he do that? Why would he do that? Why would he take away something so precious as his son? And I was mad at God for a long time. And I started really scrutinizing everything about God. And I, I don't know if I, this is a God I want to follow. A God that comes to some guy and says, I need you to go kill your son on an altar. Stab him and start a fire and give him back to me. Dang, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't track. Well, let's, let's go back a little bit. So God makes this covenant with Abraham. And the covenant, he says, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless your descendants as many as the stars. And, and, and so 
we even today we have a song, a dumb song that I've sang a million times, and you probably heard, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, and I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. And, and at this point, at this point in the story, Abraham's got zilch. Not a nothing. And God says, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make <laughs> the stars pull of your descendants. Okay. How are you going to do that? That's the first thing that goes through my head. And the Lord says uh, to Abraham, I, I'm going to do it. I'll take care of you. Just, just believe me. Just trust me. When he told this to Abraham, Abraham's going, yeah, that, that's neat, God, but you know, uh, Sarah and I are, we're about 100, and we're not buying diapers. If we are, they're for us. You know, we're, 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 not, we're, not, we're not buying diapers. We're, we're 100 years old. What do, you, what do you want us to do here, you know? What, what's going on? Well, Isaac was born. <laughs> he was a dream child. He was a child that they wanted so badly. God granted that wish. The whole thing becomes so weird because these two people have been so faithful. They had moved their herds. They had moved their family. They had gone exactly where God told them to go. They'd done everything he told them to do. Now he's being an Indian giver. I want him back. I want him back. See, in our culture, this doesn't track with this at all. This doesn't make much sense. But in that culture, an offering was a very typical thing. What they would do is they would build an altar all the time, and they would sacrifice animal after animal after animal, and they would give their best animal up to God. And guess what? Abraham had a lot of animals. So those animals didn't mean anything to Abraham. He could have slaughtered a thousand, and it wouldn't have hurt him. So what did he go after? The thing he loved the most. Is there things that you love more than God? Maybe. Let me ask you that again. Is there things that you love more than God? Are you willing to offer up the most treasured thing in your life to God and say, here it is. Here it is. Here I am to what? To worship because you ask. Because you ask. See, an offering showed that your priorities were right. That's why we talk about tithing here a little bit. That's why we talk about if you're not tithing and you're expecting God to do all these incredible things in your life, you better stop expecting. Because he wants obedience over anything else. Remember Mr. Cottrell? Everything is all those are all nice things to love to cherish to forgive to have mercy but obedience obedience is above everything else above everything so in spite of his request in spite of his dream in spite of the fact that he didn't want to give up his son i know he didn't want to give up his son you look in verse 5, and he said to the ser- servant, stay here while with the donkey, and I'm, I'm going to go, and we were going to worship together. He saw his sacrifice as worship. 
Do you see any sacrifice in your life to God? And do you see it as worship? Boy, this is getting, this gets hard. It gets really, really hard. Here's what I want to do today. I want to make this very personal to you. I don't want this just to be another Bible story. I don't want this just to be a, Abraham did this and he took his son and he did. I, you, you've got enough of that. All of you know that. But I want to make it very, very personal to you. So the question I want you to answer right now is I want you to be very quiet and I want you to listen. What do you currently sacrifice to worship God? Don't answer. But I want you to think about what are you sacrificing to worship God? I'm not afraid of silence. You shouldn't be either. Because God wants to do something in some of you today. What do you love more than God? Money? Relationship? Career? Dream? Possession? You've got to get this today. You've got to understand where we're going with this or you will not get next week at all. You will come next week and you will fall flat on your face. It will go right over your head. What do you currently sacrifice to worship God? The Bible teaches that we're created when God made us to worship God. That's why he made you. You want a purpose? There's your purpose. I don't know what purpose is. It's to worship God with your life. That's it. That's it. Don't worry about all the other stuff, the peripheral stuff. It's to worship God with your life. If you worship anything, if you worship anything more than you worship God, then you've got an idol. You've got an idol. Worship is more than singing. It is more than standing up here. It is more than listening to your radio and listening to great Christian music all day long. I'm glad you do that. So I want to look at some of the things that Abraham did today. I'm going to look at just one, and then we're going to go home, okay? And I want you, I've never, I haven't done this for a long time, but I want you to do this one thing every day this week. And then I want you to come back next week, be prepared to listen to what else Abraham did. Because I think it will make a big difference in your life. So today's kind of the intro. Here it is. What did Abraham do? Mindy, I know you're having a hard time following me because I don't follow myself. But I think the question, go to the next one. Let's see what I got up there. Here it is. Here's all I want to send you home with today. Quiet yourself and listen. Quiet yourself and listen. This is an aspect of worship that is not getting done by many people in the church today. And I mean church worldwide. It's very difficult to listen <laughs> when you don't like the quiet. It's amazing how well you can hear when you're quiet. Worship is not about making noise. Worship is not about just about singing or getting God's attention. 
I've been in churches like that where it seems like that's all they want to do is get God's attention. So I'm going to sing, I'm going to dance, I'm going to roll on the floor, I'm going to put my hands up in the air, and I'm going to scream, and I'm going to shout, and I'm going to get him to notice me. Listen, folks, he already notices you, and he notices you best in the quiet. And the problem is most of us hate the quiet. We hate it. I want to tell you about a cool experience I had because I knew I was talking about this this week. Friday night, I'm on my back porch. My grandkids are there. We've had a great day. It's my grandson's fifth birthday, my, my middle grandson. Everybody's inside. I take time for each one of my grandkids, and we're sitting on the back porch, and they're just sitting on my lap. It's dark. It's beautiful. The, 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 uh, the sun is, is almost down, and it's getting, it looks, it's just gorgeous. So we're sitting there, and we're talking about everything in the world. What we did that day, we went to the Children's Museum. We did a bunch of stuff. We had a birthday party. All those, went through all those things with the kids. Sitting there with the first one, a little girl, three years old, three, five, and seven. I said, hey, let's just be quiet. But Why? I want to talk. Let's talk about this. But let's listen. Okay. What do you hear? Well, I I hear oh, there's a motorcycle. Okay. There's a dog. Oh, there's a dog. Okay. She started and every one of them to a T picked out all the big stuff first. All every one of them. All three of them as I went through that. It's been about an hour. With all three of them, they were on my lap, about 25 minutes apiece, whatever that is, 20 minutes, whatever, 320. Sorry, it doesn't work, 25. So we're sitting there, and every one of them, every one of them picked out all the big things. Car door slamming, you know, dog, 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 cat. There's a, and, and all of a sudden, as they sat there and they were quiet, they just didn't say anything. And they just listened, and they just listened. Sometimes for four or five minutes. And then I said, well, what would you hear? I heard a cricket. I heard some wings, and they would, every one of them picked that out, and I was amazed at it, and I don't hear those things, and I don't know if you do either, and I think God's voice is like those wings. I think it's soft. I don't think it's a bellowing, this is God. I don't think it's ever that. I think it's just very, very small. And it starts in your brain and it becomes an impression. It becomes something that you can take your hand and, and take your heart and put on it and go, oh, okay, that I, let me think about it. Let me pray about that. I think incredible conversations with God happen in the quiet. And they don't happen with you talking. They don't happen with you talking. They happen with you listening. What can you possibly tell God that he doesn't know? Well, I'm hurting. Of course you're hurting. Well, I'm upset. Of course you're upset. You're a human being. I'm grieving. Of course you're grieving. You're a human being. Listen, and I'll meet you there as you listen. We miss God because most of us cannot shut up long enough to listen to him. We can't stop fixing. 
I got so many things I got to go. The family needs this car and they need this thing and they did, this needs to be fixed. I, I can't tell you how many nights I go to bed and my mind is racing with everybody that needs something fixed. It's not just me, it's everybody I know. And then I have to remind myself that's not mine to fix. It's God's. Here's my question to almost every Christian person that I talk to one-on-one with this. And the, the question is this. When was the last time you were quiet and listened to God? I mean quiet. Not with background noise. Just quiet. The first thing that most people always tell me, because they, they know I'm a pastor, and they'll say something like this, but I listen to Christian music. That's great. I love Christian music. But guess what? It's noise. It's somebody else's noise. But I love Christian music, and it helps me worship. Yes, it does. It does. I'm not, I'm not a gay. I love, I'm not down on Christian music. I, I, I love Christian music. But I think that we've replaced quiet with Christian music or somebody moving us when they sing. Oh, they moved me. That really got to me. Well, I guarantee you that God will get to you a lot more than that. I guarantee you that God will do something in you way better than Kelsey or Wade or any of our other worship leaders could ever do. And they're great. They're incredible. But they're accoutrements. They are just tools, good tools to lead you what you already are doing in your life. That's what God wants to do in his people. God wants to direct you. He wants to love you. He wants to shape you. He wants to form you. He wants you to listen to him. And some of you that are moms with kids, I understand you're going, there is no quiet in my life anywhere. I get it. And some of you, you don't like, you, you don't want quiet at all. Quiet is worship. And when we're quiet, I believe God flutters his wings just a little bit and goes, hey, here's something. Think about this. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that's how I get this a lot. <laughs> I've done better by, than studying than I have by just sitting there and listening and saying, God, where do you want to go now? That's how I came to Abraham today. I, I was sitting there two weeks ago. I was struggling. I thought, what am I going to talk about this week? I don't know. I, I, I know I've got this on the shelf, and i got this thing I'm thinking about. i got this thing I'm thinking about, and God says, just shut up. Just be quiet. And all of a sudden, Abraham came into my mind. I'm like, well, Abraham? What about Abraham? He just, you know, oh, okay, I get it. Jesus made it very clear. He said, when I leave, when he left this planet, when he was 33, he said, I, I'm going to go, to, and there's going to be a spirit that's going to come. He calls that the Holy Spirit. He calls it the friend. He calls it the counselor. The counselor is going to come. John 16, I think I put that. Um, and yeah, I did. Look at there. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. Why do we have such a problem with knowing what's right? I don't know what to do with the LBGTQ, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what to do with the pronouns. I don't know what to do with any of that. 
I can't lead me into that. He will guide you into truth. There is no preacher that's going to do that. There is no book that's going to do that. He will guide you to what's truth. He will guide you to what's truth if you listen. If you listen. And then there's that wonderful verse that I put at the top there, and I snuck it in because it's one of my favorite verses. Be quiet and know that I'm God. Be quiet and know that I'm God. Why does he say that a lot? Because he knows that we have trouble being quiet. There is hardly any place that we're quiet because we, we have Netflix and we go from Netflix to our headphones and to whatever device you plug into your ear and whatever reel you listen to and whatever, you know, it, it just it goes on and on. There's no quiet. I can sit there and listen, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I can watch reels for 20 minutes and go, I just spent 20 minutes watching reels. How in the world is that possible? But you ask me to sit for five minutes and just be quiet, I'm going, you're crazy. Because the first thing I think about is, oh, I got this to do. I got to go over here. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to go do that. Can you relate? Can you relate? Yeah. We do what we choose to do. We do what we choose to do. Friends, God, God wants to guide you today. He wants to lead you. He wants to speak to you, but you got to listen. You got to be open to listen. This may be tough for you to hear, but I'm going to say it. I don't want to mean it in a hurtful way, but I'm going to say it. If you're a Christian, if you're a Jesus person, you're a follower of Christ, and you're not sensing God's leading, if you're not sensing his guiding or his impressions on your heart, you're too noisy. I'll get it. Noisy. You're too noisy. I was going to say nosy. I knew I was going to say that. You're too noisy. I don't know how God communicated to Abraham, but I know the words that he showed that he listened. And here's the first thing that he did. All the way back in Genesis 22, verse 1, it starts out like this. Some years later, God decided to test Abraham, so he spoke to him. Look what he did. He answered, Here I am, Lord. There's the words to speak. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. And so as the band comes, here's what your homework is this week. I think you can put up the next slide there, please. I think I put it there. Yep. Your assignment. I want you, you want to take a picture of that, go ahead and do that. It's also on Facebook on our, our notes. Two minutes quiet in the morning, one minute at lunch, two minutes in the evening sometime, and one moment before bed. I'm going to call it six minutes that can change your life. Here's the first thing I want you to do. Before you do any of those things, you just say, here I am. Here I am, Lord. He knows what, and just be there. Be present. Don't be looking around. Don't be picking at your jeans. Don't be, don't be thinking about what you got to do next. Just here I am, Lord. And do that every day and see what God does in you this week. And I'd like to hear back from some of you that really do this all week long. You say, Jeff, that's a lot, of, that's a lot to ask of me. Is it? Six minutes? I don't think so. I'm not asking you to memorize anything. I'm not asking you to read anything. <laughs> I'm asking you to freaking listen. Why is that so hard? Well, he's sure asking a bunch. 
not like I'm asking you to pull out your checkbook and give me $1,000. But some of you are going to just walk out of here and you're not going to do it. You're going to continue to come to church. You're going to continue to walk in here and go, didn't get nothing. Stay glued to your phone. And walk right back out the same way you came in. That's on you. It's on you. It's not on me. How am I? Who, how, how's this going between me and him? How is my worship? We'll see. We're going to just have some quiet. Go, go for the lights, Di. And just, I want you to be real quiet. And when the band senses they want to start, they're, gonna, they're just going to close with a, a little course. And then I'll come back and we'll close this out. Just be quiet. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King,
kind of hard at first to be silent. Kind of hard. The more you are, I think the more that God approaches us. The more he's willing to, to spread into you. The more he's willing to say, here, here's something. Here's a morsel. So this week, your assignment, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Not to study about you. Here I am, Lord, to listen. Here I am. Because it's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. Get over yourself. And you're going, I, I don't know. I don't think I can do that. Get over yourself. You can do it. You and the Lord. I can do all things through Christ. And then ne- maybe the next week, you might want to go to seven minutes. And the next month, you might want to go to eight minutes a day. And the next, who knows? Who knows? What a blessing it's been to be here today and to share with you the life of Abraham. Next week, we're going to see that there's some things that really happened after he got ready to raise the dagger. And there's, there's about four things he did. But if you don't come with this one, the listening part, everything we talk about next week won't make sense. It won't make sense. If you don't come here ready to worship, saying, I'm here. I'm, here I am, Lord. <laughs> You'll miss it. It'll just go whoop, over your head. Over your head. A couple of housekeeping things. I always hate to transition to that, but I want to make sure that you know these things. I want you to uh, be sure and say hello to Dave and Sandy back there. Dave had his surgery this week, and here he is in, in church this morning. We're really glad he had his knee uh, taken care of, so we're glad to have him. Nadine is at home resting and uh, would appreciate maybe a, just a stop in sometime. She's going to be down for a little bit, and if you want that information, talk to me, and I'll be sure and get that to you. Uh, Diane has been staying with her and some other people going over and seeing her and taking some meals and stuff like that. She's going to be down for a minute. She had a a, um, a complete replacement uh, on her knee. Also, Kent. Uh, we've been praying for Kent. Kent is still in Chicago, and uh, I just got a text from Darla this morning and said that she's up there, and it, it's not real great. There's not a lot of good news, so be praying for Kent. Kent has just is a quadriplegic and just goes from bad to worse almost every week, and he gets a he gets a blessing and then it goes backwards, and he gets a blessing and it goes backwards, and so. Um, just keep praying for Kent and for Darla and, uh, as they um, launch out every day. Also, those of you that know Rick and Amy, they flew to California, and uh, they are in Sacramento. So they're not in the way of the, of the hurricane that's coming. They said some people were wondering about them. So if you're wondering if they're okay, I think they're going to be just fine. They're up in the hills just a little bit there, so I don't think they'll get too much uh, damage. Um, there's other things going on. The last thing before Abby, um, be sure, and uh, after our service today, we're going to have a missions meeting, and I want to explain it real quickly. We're looking, even if you can't come this this uh, next Saturday to help us, we're, we're just going to do it Saturday. We're not going to do it Friday. I'll tell you about when you get back there. If you can just come on Saturday, then that's great, but what we're going to do is we're going to take a day in October and, do, and have two days like that. We have some community things we really want to get to. And we just don't have the people lined up to do those things right now. So if you can come to that meeting, even if you're not coming this week, we're going to do it a day in October. So I'll explain that to you when you get there. Here's Abby. God bless you. Have a great week. Good morning, Impact Christian Church. My name is Abby Lucas, and I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ICC. 
right after service today in the green room, we are going to be hosting a meeting for anyone who is interested in being a director for different areas of our family.